Good morning. How's everyone doing? Yeah? Well, let's worship together. Come on. While we're here. Jesus, 
hand of the Lord. God is good. Amen. God is good. You may be seated. Uh, welcome to our service this morning. If you don't know me, my name is Rob Zimmerman, lead pastor here at Westgate, and I'm delighted you've chosen to worship with us today. Again, welcome also to those that are at home worshiping online with us. We are glad that you have uh, joined us. A uh, couple things as we uh, get our service started this morning. Can I encourage you to take a moment and fill out the connection card that you'll find in the pew in front of you? Uh, that connection card, especially for those of you that are guests with us today, is a great way to get connected and to learn more about uh, Westgate Chapel. And so take a moment to uh, fill that out. If you're worshiping at home online, you can go to the link that says connection card just below the live stream and actually fill it out there digitally as well. But if you're here on site and you fill that out, if you're a guest, I want to encourage you to take it out to our guest center that is in the main entrance. Uh, in the lobby there, uh, we have a few hosts that would love to answer any questions you have about the church. Would love to give you a tour if you would be interested in one, but also we would love to give you a small gift just to say uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, as well, we've got a number of things that are going on around the church. Can I remind you that the best way to always stay up to date on what's going on is to download the Westgate Chapel app onto your phone. It is constantly kept up to date with all of the latest events and things that are happening, ways to get connected, so please be sure to check that out. But a few things we want to make you aware of this morning. Number one, uh, we were supposed to be starting this morning our kids' faith class. A kid faith class is uh, where if your kid has been asking questions about God, about the Bible, about faith in Jesus, uh, it is a great class for you to be a part of with your, your child. Uh, our kids' ministry has done a great job developing it. That was supposed to start this morning. It also, by the way, is a lead-in into uh, baptism for kids and so if you were interested in being a part of that, it was supposed to start this morning, but we have had a number of kids and families that were supposed to be a part call in sick today. Uh, there seems to be something going around, and so uh, also our teachers, and so we are postponing it one week, so it'll begin next Sunday. If you would still like to have your child involved in that class, you would like to go with them, you can still register this week. The link is uh, live on our website and also on the app, so please be sure. Uh, to check that out and be a part of that class if that would interest you. Uh, as well, we want to remind you that coming up next week, we've got a number of things going on. One of the things that I have been excited about is just the five-year vision that God has given to our leadership of the church. It's been really cool to hear testimonies from Pastor Adam just about just the number of people that have been signing up to be a part of life groups uh, as our five-year goal is to have 80% of our people here at Westgate in life groups, and we're forging towards that goal as so many people each, almost every single week and every day, are calling, getting connected, and getting into groups. And so I'm excited about that. But one piece of the five-year vision also is uh, our broad reach fund that we talked about. We're going to be raising funds to complete the uh, worship center refresh, where we're going to be redoing some of the things in here, carpet and pews, uh, as well, uh, some of our key outreach projects. We talked about those. And next Sunday is the Sunday where we're going to be collecting the commitment cards for that. And so if you are going to be a part of that, you've been taking time to pray through that, uh, we would encourage you to bring that card with you. You can also pick the card up and also the information sheet 
about our five-year vision at each of the tables that are at our entrances. Uh, you can grab those and uh, stay up to date, but we'll be collecting those next week. Also next week, just a reminder that we have got our congregational meeting uh, that is going to be taking place to nominate two of our members here at Westgate uh, to our nominating committee. And our nominating committee is responsible for putting together a slate of names for people to serve as elders, deacons, deaconesses in the coming year. And so if you as a member would be interested in being a part of that or know somebody that would, we'd encourage you to come to that five-minute meeting next week following the second service, uh, and that is the place where we can do that nomination. So uh, those are the things that we've got going on around the church, and now as we continue in our worship, can I encourage you to stand up and take one minute to find somebody you haven't said hello to yet this morning. Yeah. 
may be seated. As we continue in, uh, in our worship this morning, we're going to begin uh, by taking communion. And uh, as we have uh, been gathered uh, together over this past week in numerous different ways, whether it's last Sunday or in many of our different gatherings from our youth to our Wednesday night program to our men's and women's events, uh, we have been celebrating our missions emphasis week together and really focusing on what God is doing all around the world to take the good news of the gospel to the edges of the earth. And I think that there's no greater thing that we could do to worship as we consider uh, this truth this morning than to take communion together because truly, if it were not for Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, we would not be able to be a part of this work and the things that he is doing. As we think about communion together this morning, I think there are two really important elements that I want us to focus on as we go to a time of prayer, as we take the bread and also the, uh, the juice together. Is that in communion, one of the more important aspects of that is a personal self-reflection. To take time to recognize and to remember the incredible gift that has been given to us by Jesus coming into this world as a human being to live and to die and to suffer so that we could be restored in a right relationship with God by taking the punishment that we deserved upon himself. As we reflect on that, as we take communion together, I think one of the most poignant moments that we can have is a time of reflecting on our own hearts and our own lives and asking God, God, are there ways in my own life in which I have not been honoring you? Is there sin that I continue to keep hidden? Things that I continue to to uh, keep back from you that I'm not willing to submit to you. And as we come to this time of communion, I believe one of the most important things we can do is to take a silent moment of reflection, to just ask God and to ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts and to take time to confess sin so that as we worship him in this process, that we do so with pure hearts, not just going through the motions, but remembering that the reason we do this is because of the gift that Jesus has given us. And so as we begin together. Take just a moment in silence, in silent prayer. Allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart. Ask the Lord for forgiveness of anything that, is, that there is that may sit as sin between you and him. And let's worship him because of the great gift he has given us and his death and his resurrection. Let's pray. God would love us so much in our moments of deepest rebellion against you. The times where it feels like we may disappoint you the most. You still love us. You love us unconditionally. You love us so much that you sent your son Jesus into this world to die, 
knowing that even thousands of years later after his death, that your creation would continue to struggle with sin, to run from you rather than towards you. And yet you would still send your son and tell us that we would just receive, if we would just receive him in faith, that we could be forgiven of our sin and restored in relationship with you. Lord, there is no greater act of love. And so I thank you that this morning as we confess our sin to you, that we can do so in confidence that you love us, that you hear us, and that you forgive us because of Jesus. Where we have fallen short, his righteousness covers us. And so we give you thanks. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, as he instructs the church in taking of the Lord's Supper, he says that on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this, remembering me. Let's take together. important aspects of remembering during a time of taking the Lord's Supper communion together is remembering what God has done for us. But I think one of the key things to remember that I think is so often lost is that it's not just about what he's done for us, but what he's done for everybody and the call that he has placed on our lives to share that good news with others. You see, Paul's instruction in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 doesn't just stop there. It says that in the same way, he also took the cup, which is the new covenant in his blood. One of the interesting things that he said, you know, as he said, hey, you know, take it in remembrance of me. One of the interesting things that Paul adds into that is he says, in, this, in the way, when you, whenever you take the bread and you take the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Even there, Paul is reminding the church that there is a proclamation of the gospel that happens through our taking of this communion, but even more importantly, through our lives as we share the good news of what Jesus has done. And so as we remember this morning, we're not just remembering only what God has done for us, but what he has done for all men. And we're remembering the call that he has placed on our life to go and to share that good news with others. Let's take this cup together. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. Receive all glory and honor as we worship you with our whole hearts and our whole lives today. Amen.
out your praise. And that's our prayer. That's our desire that everyone would know you. What a beautiful sound that is, people singing your praise, Father. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And I pray that you would speak through Sarah this morning. And speak right into our hearts, speak truth right into our lives. Make us desire you, Father. Make us desire you more. Make us desire your kingdom more and more. Give us your passion for people coming to know you, Father. Give us your desire. It's in your holy and precious name that all God's people prayed. Amen. Well, good morning again, church. Uh, if you are especially a guest with us today, you may not know that we have been in the middle of our missions emphasis week as a church. Uh, here at Westgate, we're a part of a denomination called the Christian and Missionary Alliance, a worldwide denomination where not only we have uh, tons of churches here in the United States, but even more important, uh, the heartbeat of our denomination is to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we have over 700 international workers that are serving all around the world, bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to the darkest and even some of the closed places uh, of our world. And so uh, we have been uh, meeting and talking all week about the great things that God is doing, especially here with uh, Ben and Sarah Carey, who have been international workers uh, serving the Lord in Vaden, Germany. Uh, for those of you that don't know Ben and Sarah, Ben and Sarah uh, used to work here at Westgate before they went to the mission field, did their uh, uh, kind of home service here uh, for a few years, and then uh, have been sent out by Westgate Chapel into uh, Vaden, Germany, Eastern Germany, uh, that is a fairly dark portion of the world. Less than 1% of people uh, would proclaim to be evangelical Christian and following Christ. And so 15 years ago, we sent them out by themselves into this small little town in Eastern Germany to go and begin to share the good news of the gospel. And uh, it has been an encouragement, I think, for all of us this week to hear about the fruit that is being born and the things that God is doing uh, through their ministry there. Uh, ben is not able to be with us today. He's uh, over serving at Harvest Lane, but we get the privilege uh, to hear from Sarah as she shares her heart with us this morning. And uh, as you do, Sarah, I just want to tell you, I think the thing that is most encouraging to me is to look back over these 15 years and just to see how God has been moving to take you guys from being this lone couple in this little place, beginning a new work where nobody knows Jesus, mm -hmm. and to see how he has beginning to birth his church in that place. And so we're so grateful for uh, just the testimony that you have shared with us this week and for how God is using you guys as you submit your hearts mm -hmm. and lives to him. May I pray for you before we uh, get started this morning? Yeah. Would you pray with me, church? Father, I thank you so much uh, for Ben and Sarah and the long relationship that we have had together as a church 
church family. I thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness to serve you uh, together with their family overseas. And Lord, we are so thankful for what you are doing through their lives and the lives of their partners uh, in bringing uh, the gospel. And Father, really watching you raise up your church in the middle of this city. Lord, we are so thankful for that. And Lord, we know that none of it is possible if you did not plant a seed in our hearts of a passion to share the good news of your son. And so as we continue to share together this morning, Lord, we ask that you would plant that seed deeply in each of us to understand the role that we have. We love you, Lord. We're listening to your spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Rob. Good morning. Yes, you're awake. That's great. <laughs> Good morning. It is a pleasure to be with you all this morning. Um, it's been so wonderful to celebrate with you all this week for Missions Emphasis Week. I don't know about you, but I get really excited when we get to hang out and eat yummy food from all over the world. And we get to celebrate God's Vielfalt, as we say in German, which means it's just amazing creativity in different ways. Um, and get to hear and learn and understand not just about Germany, but about other parts of the world, about languages and cultures. And it just makes me smile because it's beautiful. I love looking around and seeing the flags from the different places in the world because God is so stinking creative and it's amazing. So it's been so fun to celebrate with you guys this week. Um, thank you for having us. Thank you for having our family. Uh, it's been a blessing to be together with you as a family. And I send greetings from Ben who can't be here this morning, but he says hi and thank you. And as Rob said, we'll be here for the rest of the year, but it's been fun this week particularly to share with you things that are going on in our life and in Germany. So on that note, um, yes, Ben is not here. He's the witty person in our relationship. He started off with a joke last Sunday. I'm sorry, I'll bust that bubble for you right now. That's not my style. Um, he's the funny one, I'm not. So I'm just going to start out by asking you a question, all right? I'd like to know how many of you in this room love or really enjoy hearing a good secret? Wow, there were a lot more in the first service. <laughs> okay. All right. Next question. How many of you like to know or hear a secret or even a surprise that's coming up, but you have a very hard time keeping it to yourself because the idea of holding this information, this news that's been shared with you is very, very fun or exciting. It just, it's really hard. I mean, not saying you're going to spill it, but it's really hard. Be honest. I'm not saying you don't keep the secret, but okay. All right. Then I'm going to admit, <laughs> I fall into that second category. I can be trusted. You can trust me with news and tell me something. However, it can be really hard sometimes to have to take that back and go, um, because it's exciting. And, you know, someone tells you something because they want to they share their good news with you. They're excited. And so that's really a challenge to keep it to myself because I want someone else to be just as excited as I am. I want someone else to know what is making me smile or be giddy in that moment. So it can be hard, right? Well... Since this is how I tend to be, I thought I would take a moment this morning and share something with you that is not a secret. Okay? And I want to share it with you because it makes me smile, it brings me joy, makes me giddy, and I certainly love sharing it with people. 
Would you like to know what it is? Yeah? All right. You ready? Jesus loves you. Amen. Jesus loves you and you and you. You and I have a message of love. We have a gospel message which is important for everyone to hear. And not only is it important for us to share and for people to hear, but it's important for us to shout out. We should be excited about it. It shouldn't be something that we're holding on as a secret, but rather something we are telling to those around us. Many of you know this verse in John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God so loves us, you and me, and everyone aware on this world that he sent his one and his only son for you and for the people in our lives every single day. And he doesn't want us to keep this as a secret. He wants us to shout it from the rooftops because Jesus loves you. So this morning, as we spend some time together, I'd like to unpack that gospel message with you a little bit more. I want to talk with you about why this message is not just important for other people to hear, but also the role that you and I play in spreading the gospel. Why is it important for me? What impact does it have on me personally? And then to take it a step further later and talk about what does that look like for us within the Christian Missionary Alliance as a whole, as a team. So the first part of that, to talk about what that looks like for you and me on an individual basis, number one is we have been commanded by Christ to keep giving out and passing on this message. Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That seems pretty basic, right? Sounds pretty simple. Go. Don't stand still. Go. Move. Share. Hudson Taylor once said, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. Why does he say that? Because we see in the Great Commission passage in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, where he says, Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. See, we've been given a message that comes with clear, direct instructions, everyone. <laughs> Commands, even. We aren't asked, we're told. Go! Don't hold back. Don't keep your mouth shut. Share the Great Commission. Go. Because the authority 
that he gave his disciples, the authority that we read in so many stories in the Bible, and we may often think, oh, that was for them. Oh, no, it was for you. It's still for 2022 and the days to come because he gave that authority to you as well. And he will go with you because he commanded us to go and share the gospel. That is what the Great Commission is all about. The second part of this is that we need to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. I know here at Westgate, this is not the first time that you've heard that. I have loved hearing that here over the past couple of weeks and months, particularly since we've been back, hearing how you're being encouraged. Go out, talk to your neighbors. What does it mean to be in the lives of your, your neighborhood and your community? Love our neighbors as ourselves. So the question, do we by chance have any firefighters, police officers, EMTs sitting in this room? Is there anybody here like that? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. I bring this up because I have two cousins and three uncles who all serve as firefighters and police officers. And something that has so often amazed and humbled me when I hear them talk about what they do on a day-to-day -day basis is that they jump into situations day after day after day for the safety of others, okay? But like 90% of the time when they go into these situations, they've never knew the person before they got there. They have no previously re previous relationship with this person, but yet they go in sacrificially to be there and help, to save a life, to assist, to love on a person they've never met before. So think about that for a minute. What if you and I actually thought for just a minute more like someone who might be a firefighter or an EMT or a police officer? And we looked at our neighbors in our life, our friends, our family, and we considered them as someone who might be a person in immediate need a little bit more often. Someone who needs to hear this message that you have, that you can share very free, freely with them because you know Jesus in your life and you have the gospel message. We see this in Jude 22, 23 where it says, And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by flesh. There are some people who really are immediately in need of hearing what you know, the truth that you know. Our neighbors, our community, our friends, our family. Imagine the impact we'd have if we would just share and go into it without fear. Why is this so important? Because it's real. The third reason is because hell exists. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Quite often I've heard people say, I don't really want to talk about hell. We don't need, that's not for me or, you know, don't be afraid to talk about what is real because it's the truth. <laughs> this is another reason why 
the gospel message is so important. The message of Jesus Christ and his salvation and why we are all doing our part and should be doing our part to share this message to everyone all over the world. Not just here, but in your neighborhoods and further. Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all creation. Again, we see he says, go. That go doesn't always mean get on a plane. It just means take a step. You got two feet. Go. Don't keep this message that you know that is life-saving to yourself because hell's real and it exists. It's not a secret. It's real. And if we don't share this gospel message to those in our lives, that's pretty sad because it's real, guys. Number four, our obedience in sharing this life-saving message is evidence of our salvation. What does that mean? Well, I'd like to share a story with you um, that I won't forget. It happened back in November of 2020. Uh, it's a month that our family will not forget. I won't forget this one particular day um, because I remember the face of Jay as she walked into her house and sees me in her living room instead of her mom when she got home from school. I had to look at her and say, sweetheart, we need to pack your suitcases for you and your sister because you're both going to come and live with our family for an extended amount of time so that you can be safe and so that your mom can get some help. When Ben and I got up on that morning in November, we had absolutely no idea what God had planned for us on that very day. No idea. We also didn't know what the future weeks were going to look like or the future months. But what we did know was that God said, listen and be present. We didn't know that it meant our family of six was now going to add two more children to it for months. But we did know that we needed to be obedient in that moment. We journeyed the next months living life with these two girls and with their mom through crisis. And every step of that journey we took with them, we did our best to live out Jesus to them through our day to day, how our family follow Christ in our life. I won't forget one of the evenings as I had one of my phone calls with the girl's mom and she says to me, in all of my 32 years, I had never heard about Jesus before, nor had I seen people love the way you are loving me and my girls and others the way that you do. 32 years old. S, not much later, praise the Lord, did come to know Jesus. This is her. She was able to come home to her girls and then she began, began regularly attending church. She's now attending the Alpha course that the church is hosting. And she's sharing her newfound love for Jesus Christ. And she's sharing the news that was shared to her because she has realized that this is important. And she wants those in her life to know. 
When we are obedient and live out the gospel message in our day-to-day, even when it's uncomfortable, and sometimes in crisis moments, it not only gives evidence to our salvation in Christ, but it passes on this message that we are given. It allows us to take the gift that was given to us and share it with those in our life. You never know what tomorrow is going to bring. If we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, he will give us an opportunity to share that message. Number five, if we remain silent and don't share the news that we have to others, then we are sinning. So whoever knows the right things to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. How many of you get up every morning and go to work every day? Cool. How many of you play sports, potentially? Anybody play sports? Perfect. Any of you go to clubs after school? I don't know, chess club, go to the library, reading club? Anybody? All right. How many of you are regular people at a particular coffee shop on a daily basis? And I know there's a lot of you in this room that do that. How many of you go get your hair cut at the same place every six to eight weeks? Okay. How many of you have people in your life on a day-to-day basis? Every hand better be up in this room. (laughs) So I would assume or think here that we can all agree that we have people in our life who we come in contact with, right? Day to day, on a regular basis. People need people, and people need Jesus. It's not just my job as a missionary. It's not just the pastor's job here. It's all of our job to be sharing this message because people need people and we have people in our life every single day. And when I stop and think about what this verse says, that we're sinning if we're not sharing with people in our life, boah. Just think about that for a minute. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? We are all called to participate. And if we don't all do our part in speaking and sharing this gospel message, this truth of the love of Jesus Christ, how is the world going to hear? Jesus' life and death and resurrection, this truth is what ought to be driving us. Not just me, but you, and I know it's what drives those in the Christian and Missionary Alliance, all of us. And this is why we do what we do. And why who we are who we are. A Christ-centered Acts 1-8 family that wants to see all of Jesus for all of the world. Acts 1-8 says, But you shall receive power when my Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And our witnesses for him. We're witnesses for him in our neighborhoods, in our families and communities, and to the ends of the earth. And we're supposed to be doing it together. You're not alone. We need to do this together. Some of you, maybe you've heard that for the first time today. If you weren't aware, Westgate Chapel is one of many churches that are in the Christian Missionary Alliance. Myself and my family, we're international workers within the Christian Missionary Alliance. So why do I tell that to you? Because we're doing this together. As we've talked a bit this morning already about what that role is for us as an individual in sharing the gospel, I would like to take you on this next piece and explain what this together looks like because it's so much better when we do it as a team. Doing this together is what Christ wants us to do. And this is what I know that the Christian Missionary Alliance firmly believes in, that we are to do this together. All of Jesus for all the world means sharing the gospel message together. There was a card put in your um, bulletins this morning for you to look at and fill out later. And I know Rob's going to share more with you about it. But as I share these different steps of what this looks like, maybe pull it out so you can have these words in, your, in front of you as we go through this. But these are really important steps as the body of Christ in the Christian Missionary Alliance and what it looks like to do this as a team. Because when we work as a team, things go a whole lot better. So what are the different five ways that we can participate that way? The first one is prayer. Prayer is our direct channel to God and a powerful platform to see his work accomplished through the world. Whether you're here in Ohio or you're across the globe, you have a direct channel to the Heavenly Father. No one's going to interrupt you. No one's going to say, I don't have time. Could you come back? You have a direct channel to our Heavenly Father. Your prayer for international workers, for those of us who are overseas, for projects, for the people with whom we interact with, are imperative for our presence and our growth, of, in the growth of God's kingdom, our growth over there, the things that we're doing. Don't ever underestimate the power of prayer. There are many stories that I could share with you about this. But there's one in particular that's dear to my heart that I want to share with you because prayer works. Um, we have, uh, as has been mentioned a couple times, we have four children, Travis, Hannah, Emma, Leah, and Leah is our youngest. She's nine now. And when, we, when Leah was born, we were told that she was born with hip dysplasia. And so the doctors in Germany are very particular about working on children and their hips. And so they put her right away in a small brace. And we began this journey of hip dysplasia, which I had no understanding about. I had to Google, which is terrible. Um, I had to call people and ask them how to help me understand this. And so we began this journey, brace after brace, every four weeks, going to the doctor and having an ultrasound done on my daughter's hips to see where we were at. 
And as she got older, months would go on, she was not getting better. They just kept increasing the brace and increasing the um, pull on her hips. I'm not really sure how to say it in English, I apologize. The, the way that they assist the brace. This is Leia as you see her in one of her braces. My Leia didn't learn how to crawl like other kids. She didn't sleep in a bed. She slept in a bouncer because her legs were up in the air. And it was a very interesting journey. Well, we get to about where she's almost nine months old, and we eight to nine months old, and we head out to the doctor 40 minutes away from us to a specialist. And he does the normal routine, and he takes the ultrasound machine, and he goes over her hips, and he says, all right, we need to have a conversation. The next time you come, we're going to have to talk about putting her in a full body cast. Because this is not getting better and we're in the next stage. I said, you shouldn't Google things. I Googled after we went home and realized what the process was going to look like for us and was really concerned because this was a bigger deal. And uh, so we went home and we got cried as a family, prayed as a family, and said, all right, we need to call our prayer warriors. We need to share this with people and ask them to pray. So instantly, we called our families, we told them what was going on, we asked them for prayer for healing and prayer for us for wisdom and discernment. If this was what God was going to allow to be our next season, then okay. And when you're overseas as an international worker, when there's big health problems, you also have that fear that you're going to be asked to get on a plane and come home. You just don't know. You don't know. So we even wrote here to Westgate Chapel. I remember Ben writing an email to you guys here and saying, please pray with us. So four weeks later comes... We go to the doctor, and it was a very quiet atmosphere. Go in, the nurse preps her, gets her all ready. The doctor comes in, and it was, you could have heard a pin drop in this room. Everybody was afraid of what was going to happen. And he comes in, comes over to my daughter and takes the thing, the, these lovely machines, and checks her hips on one side, flips her over, checks the other side with the ultrasound, and he's looking at it. He picks her up. And he hands her to me, and he says, you can go home, enjoy the rest of your life watching her grow up, and have fun. <laughs> what? I looked at Ben, and I looked at him, and I said, um, do you do recall this is the child? That, what? <laughs> and he says, there's nothing here to see. I don't understand. There's nothing to see. Her hips look fine. Have fun. She's a normal little girl. Yes, prayer works. This is Leia Juliana Carey, who competitively runs in Germany now. And every time that kid gets up and puts her cleats on or her outfit on to go run, and I have tears in my eyes because God healed my little girl. Because prayer works. It doesn't matter how far apart we are, you guys. He hears us. We have a direct line. You are given these prayer guides throughout the week, yesterday, today. They weren't just so that you could see the pretty colors and read the fun stories of what's going on. They're there to give you ideas and a start to know how to pray. How to pray for the international workers. Pick these up. Pray. It's how we do this together. Another part of the, the way that we can do this together is by sending and mobilizing. As I said, you were given this book. Let me introduce you to some of your international workers, if you're not aware who they are, that were sent right here from Westgate Chapel. The Browns, the Carey family, the Volstads, the Seams, the Abayas, Josh Cook, 
and the Bergeron family. These are your international workers that came right here from Westgate Chapel, who you've sent. Alliance International Workers that you sent as a church out. You made it possible, and you can continue to make it possible for people to go and fulfill the Alliance vision of all of Jesus for all of the world by encouraging, equipping, and supporting those people that you have sent out. Maybe there's a few of you sitting here right now whose name will be added to that list. Maybe there's a few of you who God's calling to, to go and be a part of those sent. Another part of this would be by giving. Your financial support and the way that you give helps those of us who have been sent to be more present where we are on the ground so that we can care for the spiritual and physical needs of those who we serve. When you give, you stand in the gap with the Alliance body, serving those who are serving those in other places, those who are suffering, those who are unreached and overlooked, those in other parts of the world that maybe you may not be able to physically go to yourself. You stand in the gap when you give so that some of us can go. Another part of that is by welcoming. We've been talking all morning about sharing this good news, sharing this gospel message. It means welcoming people into our lives. Not just greeting someone with a simple hello, but it means taking that next step, going into your community and welcoming those who are new. Welcoming people into your church family. Welcoming different cultures into your church family and into your family. I've loved watching that here at Westgate, seeing how we reach out to the international students and we welcome people. We welcome new people. We welcome other cultures to help greet and make them feel loved. What does that look like for you personally? Are you welcoming people into your life just as Christ does? Mark 12, 31 says, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. Are we making that a daily practice? Do you welcome those in your life and love others? Or is it just words? Do you take that extra step and welcome? Number five is going there are thousands of men and women who have already accepted that call to go. But will you go? And what does go look like for you? He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Will you go? Do you need to go and share the gospel? Because church family, going doesn't always mean getting on a plane. It just means opening your front door. Will you go? I want to close with this quote that I read years ago in one of my morning devotional books. And it goes like this. We are an ordinary container with an extraordinary message. In the end of the day... You and I all have been given a command. The challenge 
the joy, the honor, and the privilege to share a message of truth, love, and life to this world that we live in, to those around us. John 20, 21 says, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. He's not just sending the international workers. He's sending you. Will you go? Will you share? It's not a one-man job. It's a team effort. Because people need people, and people need Jesus. You all have people in your life. Do all those people in your life have Jesus? Don't hold back because this message, this gospel message of love is life-saving and it is not a secret. You don't have to keep your mouth shut. You don't have to, mm, oh no, but rather you should be dancing and jumping up and down and saying, can I tell you about my loving heavenly father who loves you because Jesus loves you. Because people need people, and people need Jesus. Share that message that you have because it's exciting. And we're not meant to keep it to ourselves. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this message, this gospel message that you have given to us. I thank you that you sent your son for us. The sacrifice that was made, the message of love, this ginormous message of love that you desire for us to share, that you desire for us to shout from the rooftops and stop being so shy about because it's real and it's life-giving. And Lord Jesus, I just pray that as we leave this place today, that you would give us opportunity after opportunity to be bold in our faith and share your love with those people in our lives. Because people need people. You created us to need people, but people need Jesus. And let us be those people that leave here boldly to share with the other people in our lives of who you are. Because you are love and you are life-giving. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this with us that we would be able to share it with others because it's not a secret. We pray this in your precious and holy name. Amen. You know, as uh, Sarah was sharing this morning, I was thinking about one of the things that she said in her second point where she was talking about our EMTs, our police officers, our firemen who oftentimes will see people in danger and without even knowing them will run in to dangerous situations in order to make sure that they are safe and that they are saved from those. And it reminded me of a story from my own life. When I was a junior high student, went on my first mission trip, trip ever to Mexico, and I was uh, there, and my youth pastor at the time looked at me and he said, hey, Rob, 
later on this afternoon at the end of our sports camp out in the park, I want you to share a gospel message uh, with everybody that is there. And I thought to myself, is he nuts? Like, is he crazy? I came up with every excuse in the book that I possibly could as good reasons why there was no way that I could do this, right? Uh, one, I w- had no self-esteem. I had never spoken in front of people. I, I would have had to have done it through an interpreter. Uh, I mean, I had no confidence in myself or my ability. I wasn't even sure that I knew how to explain the gospel the right way at that time in my life. And yet here he was looking at me saying, here's your opportunity. Will you take advantage of it? And will you do it? And though I threw every excuse in the book at him, I realized that his request wasn't actually a request. It was definitely a command. And he gave me this little booklet And he said, I want you to take this and I want you to study it and read it tonight. And you can just either read it to the people in the park or you can tell the story yourself and share with them the good news of Jesus. Here's what that story was. I'll never forget it. You're walking along the road one day and you look and you saw this house that was on fire on the bottom floor and the flames were beginning to rise. And you look in the top window and you see a family that is up there, young children and parents that are going about their day, not recognizing the danger below. What would you do? Would you stay silent and just keep on walking? I mean, you're not the professional, you're not the EMT, you're not the firefighter, you're not the police. You're not the one, right, that supposedly has been trained to do this. Would you just keep going? Or would you shout at the top of your lungs with everything that you are to get their attention to say there's danger? You must get out. I can help you. As I began to share this story in the park, I transitioned from talking about that story to helping them to understand that the very reason I was there was to tell them that there's danger ahead for people who don't know Jesus. And I began to share the gospel with them. And, you know, the crazy thing is, is that in all of my horrible public speaking skills through an interpreter and with no confidence staring at my feet the entire time, that day there was one person that put their faith in Jesus. But here's the thing. I actually think the greatest thing that happened that day, personally for me, was that taking that one small step of trusting Jesus helped me to understand that God could use me in any situation if I would just trust him. As Sarah shared this morning about these five ways that we can take steps to participate in God's call for us to be a part of the worldwide spread of the gospel, these are really simple steps to pray, to welcome people in our community, which we do with the international community that comes in here to mobilize and share a vision of God's global mission to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to send, to go. Like these are small steps. And the same way that my youth pastor told me, I tell you today, trust him and take a step and see how God can use your faithfulness to follow him because he desires to use you in ways that are beyond anything you could think or imagine. As you think about that, I wanna share just one thing with you guys as we close today to help you have a little bit of understanding of one of these specific areas. As we talk about sending others, sending international workers 
<clears throat> um, we support them through encouragement, logistics, and finance. And one of the key ways that we do that in the Christian Missionary Alliance is by giving to what we call the Great Commission Fund of the Alliance. We give resources that God has given to us to help support the global work of missions and taking the good news to the ends of the earth. You know, the crazy thing is you can read all through the New Testament and see how Paul is constantly receiving funds and getting funds from the church for the same purpose. Well, the Alliance has created a fund called the Great Commission Fund that is to support not only the work that is happening here in the United States, but also to support our international workers throughout the world. And as you see in your notes, there are a number of ways in the past that you could give or support the Great Commission Fund and support uh, world missions. You could give generally. In other words, write a check to the Christian Missionary Alliance designated for the Great Commission Fund, and that would go into the fund, and it would be used to support everything from what's happening here stateside to those things that are also happening overseas. Uh, you could give also to what they called work special accounts. If international workers had special uh, th uh, projects that they were working on for ministry, you could give that way. Then there were car funds because you kind of need a car to get around these days. And so, and then they had this thing called the outfit fund. And I remember as a little kid, I'm like, wow, missionaries need a lot of outfits. Um, not true. Maybe that's not completely it, right, Sarah? It's outfit fund was like helping like to get supplies for kids to go to school and to set up their homes and for all different reasons, numerous ways to give. Well, one of the things I want you to understand this morning is I want to explain to you over this past year or so, the Christian Missionary Alliance has shifted how we give to missions. And I want you to understand this, whether you are someone who has already been giving to the Great Commission Fund or someone who would consider to support it in this way, you can still give to the Great Commission Fund. This is one of the new ways to support. You can still give to the general Great Commission Fund to support all of the work that is happening through the Christian Missionary Alliance to take the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth. But as well, one of the key things that they're emphasizing now is encouraging us to also not only give to the Great Commission Fund, but also directly to our partner missionaries, people like Ben and Sarah Carey, or uh, the Bergevins, or the Volsteads, or those that we have sent out, that we can give directly to them. And one of the reasons for this is that you'll see uh, in one of those sub points is that now our international workers are required to raise some of their support. A quick explanation of that. In the Christian Missionary Alliance, we've always had what we call access workers. Those are the missionaries that have traditionally been fully supported, all of their resources and income coming from the, from the uh, Christian Missionary Alliance. But we also had other pieces of the puzzle, too, of international workers. We had people that work with our short-term Envision office. We have people that work with CAMA, which is relief and development. And what they, and, but those people always had to raise a portion of their support. The vision of the Alliance now is to bring all of those together, everybody raising some of their support and everyone also receiving support from the Great Commission Fund. In order to do this, missionaries now need to raise some of that support. And so you can give directly to our missions partners to help them with what they need to raise. And when support has been fully raised and they've reached the percentage that they need to raise, anything given above and beyond that then spills over into the GCF to help everyone else to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. I just wanted to give you that explanation this morning because I know that for many people, giving and using your resources is an important part of how you support global missions and maybe some here would consider it this morning. But even more important, what I really wanna emphasize is just simply this. Consider this card as we go to worship and close our service this morning. This is meant to be a response card. In what way does God desire for you to take a small step to trust him 
to be a part of what we would call having a broad reach of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. What small step can you take to potentially find out that God can and does want to use you so that people all across this globe will know his son, Jesus Christ? At the close of the service, or even right now as we, as we take our offering, or at the close of the service, you can drop this in the bucket in the back. But I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take our morning offering. And as well, if you have already filled out this card, you can drop that in as your commitment. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you again for this morning and the opportunity that we have had to hear from you and from your Holy Spirit speaking into our hearts about the importance of telling others that Jesus loves them. A simple message. And yet we confess that oftentimes, Lord, we don't always take advantage of that great news that we have to share. So billow up within our hearts and souls just how incredible it is, the work that you have done in us, that it would spill over out of our lives, that we couldn't help but be quiet in sharing it with others. And as we give of our tithes and offerings this morning, Lord, we pray that you would multiply it so that more people would know Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. The buckets for the offering are in the middle. You can begin to pass those out.
and all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry these bones. Come on, sing it out. thank you again for worshiping with us today and if there are any prayer needs that you have specifically our prayer team would love the opportunity to pray with you today tom uh, richards one of our elders is here up front this morning and uh, he would love to lead you to our prayer room so please come up and see him uh, if you would like uh, just someone to pray with today and uh, as we close, a couple things. One, I uh, want to remind you that the close of the service is a great time to grow deep roots and connection with each other by stopping by our Tastes of the World over in the atrium. Enjoy some of the tasty treats that are over there. And be sure to connect with some of the tables that we have set up in the cafe uh, concerning missions. And with one of those, you can connect with a person that I just want us to pray for right now. I'm not going to say his name because we're live on live stream, but uh, one of the people that we have sent out here from our church uh, in the past is going to be heading out uh, tomorrow to Ukraine to uh, continue work with the pastor uh, that he is connected with in Kiev. 
and uh, we want to take just a moment to pray over him and to pray for his safety uh, and to pray that the Lord would multiply the work that he is going to be doing with the young people that are in Kiev. And so uh, would you join me as we pray together as a family and then as well, you can connect with him and you'll see him over in the cafe at his table. So please be sure to stop by and encourage him this morning. Let's close our service together in prayer. Thank you, Lord, so much that you give us an opportunity as this church family to be a part of everything that you are doing in this world, to take the good news of Jesus that we ourselves have received and to take it to other people. Help us this morning to understand our role within that. As we've talked together over the last many weeks, Father, you have called us to have deep roots, deep roots in our relationship with you, deep roots in our relationships with each other, because as we grow those deep roots, it is that is the avenue by which, Father, you develop within us a passion for having a broad reach to share the gospel in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our communities, and truly throughout the world. And so, Father, I pray over this church family that from stemming from this mission's emphasis week, the vision that you have given us as a church, that you would make us passionate about taking steps of faith to understand how you desire for us to be a part of taking the gospel to other people. Give us courage, Father, to trust you and to take those steps. And I thank you, Lord, for our brother that we are praying for this morning. And Lord, just the passion that you have placed in his heart to share the good news of Jesus throughout the world. As he goes tomorrow to the Ukraine, Father, we wanna pray together for your protection over him in all of his travel and ministry. We pray, Father, from the flights to the train rides to getting in the country and then being present there with the people, Lord, your protection over him. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would go powerfully on him and that, Lord, you would use him and give him many opportunities to share the good news of Jesus, that people would come to a saving knowledge of your son. We know that that section of the world right now is hungering for safety. May they find it, Jesus, in you. And so, Lord, move powerfully that we may hear a testimony of people coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Protect our brother, go with him. And Lord, we wait in expectation of the fruit that you are going to bear through his life. We thank you, God. Put a passion in our hearts to see every day the people you're putting around us that need you and give us the courage to speak. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, church, for being with us today. God bless you. Have a great week serving the Lord.